0: following is not legal advice coming from an attorney nothing more than a father speaking from his own experience should you need actual legal advice contact an attorney it's time for another episode of the father's truth the show where real men band together stand up for father's rights and bring the father's truth out of the darkness out of the darkness and in Giving fathers a voice everywhere, a broadcast brought to you by the Fathers Lives Matter Network. Here's your host, Alan Donovan.
1: All right, guys, happy
0: Friday. Hope everybody's doing well. It's time for another edition of the Father's Truth. Uh, live cast. So, I've got Pete Carroll on the show tonight. So let's go ahead and get him in here.
1: Hey, brother. Hey, how's it going?
0: Good, man. How are you doing?
1: Oh, man, it's I'm um, doing all right. Uh, it's crazy times in the nation today. Boy, um, isn't it though, man? It's a lot of stuff going on. So um, what I'm learning through all of these situations, being a father, um, going through what I'm going through with dad and and just my mental health journey, just learning to process things. And it's OK to not be OK at times, you know, and to yep. kind of that and process those different things.
0: Well, and that's you know, that's exactly it. When you're a father that's going through this and, you know, you're being alienated from your children, you have every right to not be OK about it and that's something that society has seemed to have forgotten you know when society looks at us as fathers and as men we're not supposed to show any emotions we're supposed to suck it up and just take what comes and deal with it and that's not healthy it's not healthy at all
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know and and we we got to figure out something different man because it's it's not working you know a lot of fathers end up killing themselves
1: absolutely I, i mean i didn't know um the statistics were so high you know, with somebody, and I think, and I'm at a point now where I just like, I don't want you to treat me like a father. Just treat me like a human being.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Um, treat me like a parent. I think when you when you acknowledge us as parents, um, things go a lot different because no parent thinks it's okay to be alienated or not be around their child. I mean, no human with any decency thinks that that is something that's that can be legitimized. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times as fathers, they've kind of subjugated us and thrown us into this um, marginalized section that we're okay with it, or we're supposed to be okay with every other yeah. week or a couple of days a week when in actuality, we love just like everyone else. Um, yeah. so.
0: Well, and they, they take us from being fathers and they turn us into visitors in our children's lives. Yes. And it shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't have to walk into court and prove our worth and our ability to be a, a parent, a father to a bunch of damn strangers it just shouldn't
1: be that way mothers don't have to do that Mm -hmm. so why should we have to do that so i and i look at it like this um i figured like no god is not the author of confusion but he's the minister of reconciliation so i think ultimately from a big picture scope we have to get more reconciliation there has to be more accountability amongst um the mothers and the fathers with the system putting pressure on the mothers and the fathers to work together you Mm -hmm. know the fact that um For me to see, if I'm being alienated from my child, for me to get more time, I have to file to go to court and spend money and do all these different things. When it should be automatic that both parents have a right to love with their child. Both parents have a right to spend time with their child. You know, so that should be more of a push to reconciliation instead of the divisive moves from the system that brings more money into their pockets um, that get us to kind of go at each other's throat and have to prove that one person is unfit when it should be more of a supportive matter that supports the moms and the dads working together for reconciliation, for parenting, because ultimately that's what's best for the child.
0: Well, you know, and you hit it, you hit the nail on the head with what you said there, bringing more money into the system. And that's that's exactly what it is. Family court is basically a slush fund and it's built off of dollars, you know? And if you were, I think seriously, if you were to take money out of the equation, family court would fold as we know it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You
0: know, that's totally what it's built on. And the other part of it is family court is constructed in such a way that, you know, it pretty much guarantees fathers to fail. If you don't have a clue what's going on and you don't have deep pockets and can't hire, you know, an attorney that charges a thousand dollars an hour, you're screwed
1: basically. Absolutely. Um, And I, and and what's so sad about that is that, you know, I keep hearing you know to get more time, you got to prove unfit. Well, it's it's not about trying. I ain't trying to prove that somebody's unfit. All I'm trying to say is that I matter. I deserve to be in my child's life. I deserve to spend time with my child. I deserve to love on my child. And any human with any decency would understand that fact. You know, and um, you know, a lot of these lawyers, the retainer fees are like five thousand dollars. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Lawyers, and this is not a knock on all lawyers, but there are some lawyers out there that are crappy or they don't have a lot of character. They get their money, they kind of do what they do, and they aren't um, really doing their job. So now that's five thousand dollars that you spend just, yeah. and you haven't even gotten anything. You no, know, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. If you're not proactive and know how to work the system and know how to move about in these situations, then you're in a position where you're going to be spending months and months and months away from your child you know, just to try to get a crappy four days a month, (laughs) Yeah. you know. Well, let's
0: let's jump into your story because I know we were just talking on the phone, you know, before we came on here and, you know, we've talked here and there and and message on Instagram and you're currently being alienated from your daughter.
1: Yes. Um, My daughter, my daughter isn't three. She'll be three in July. Um, But I missed out on over a year of my daughter's life so far, Um, over a year of her life. Um, I haven't seen my daughter so far in the last three months, and I'm currently just fighting just to try to – and we have a temporary order in place. Mm -hmm. Um, Even with that temporary order in place, um, you know, the mother of my child has gone through a lot of different measures um, to try to keep me from her, to do whatever she can. And I think the sad thing about that is, as a result of there not being any accountability for her, for her actions and the things that she's done – um, with alienating me from the child um that's why people continue to do what they do and i think that there has to be a bigger push from like you said from like legislation and not being so money centered within the system so we can start getting some things done because if we talk about there's no statistical data that supports children not seeing their fathers yeah or, or even seeing that their, their fathers four days uh a month You know, I I just, there's no statistical data that supports that to say that that is positive, that that's productive and that that works. And also I think we need to, um, they need to be a lot more. So like I said, I'm all about reconciliation. It's not about trying to commit, create enmity between us, because at the end of the day, we're both parents. And I think that things people should, the the measure of a human being is how you, how, how you respond to adversity, not necessarily, you know, which you, if you're being negative in, in the midst of things you know a lot of times that can show a lot about your character but you know like i said reconciliation is the key but we have to get to a point where we're, we have accountability for the mothers like we do with the fathers you oh, know absolutely
0: you know and like over the last couple of months with this whole COVID 19 thing going on that has pushed family court way 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 back like i know up here where i'm at and i'm in you know basically a pissant little valley. You know, I think if we combine all the towns together, we have maybe 40,000 people in this area, if that. But that family court has pushed been pushed clear back to August and into the fall. So I can't even imagine what family court is like in a big city.
1: Yeah. You well, know,
0: and I've been talking to fathers throughout all this. And, you know, it's the same story. You know, I'm not getting to see my child. You know, the mother is using this whole COVID-19 thing as a reason to keep me away. And okay, you know, fine. I I get it in some circumstances if it's a serious issue where like the father works at a hospital or something like that, but to use that as a cover to alienate your father from their children, that's not okay. And the sad part of it is there's not going to be any legal consequences, any legal ramifications for these mothers. You know, nothing's going to happen. You know, once this is all done and everything goes back to normal, maybe they'll get a slap on the wrist. Probably not,
1: but it's just going to continue on. Well, my, lo- my lawyer sent me a, a document from the su- Supreme Court saying that the mothers are not supposed to, parents are not supposed to alienate yep. during this time because there's a supreme court document that says that you know i even sent that to the mother of my child so it's it's just sad that you know at this point I'm, I'm literally pleading just to see my child and that's where the accountability aspect has to come into play it's so important that the accountability aspect comes into play and um it's even to the point where you know we have to crack down on the repercussions of lying because um the mother of my child has even lied in try uh and try to file a restraining order from trying to okay so uh what just for me trying to see
0: oh i kind of lost you there Let's for see. a second what were you saying hold on all
1: right
0: oh well, hold you on folks some technical difficulties there you go you're back now
1: yeah yeah.
0: Okay, so what what were you saying before that? Because I lost a big chunk of what you were saying.
1: Um, it's even to the point where uh, the mother of my child has been uh, making false accusations to try to put me in negative situations. Um, and I think that accountability is so important from the aspect of that because let's look at the, you know, what type of position we're in in our country. Um, and mm-hmm. we don't want to be having negative interactions with law enforcement. We don't want oh, to... Exactly in negative situations and at the end of the day I look at it like this at the end of the day as many evil things that she's done a lot of things I don't agree with that she's done she's still the mother of my daughter yeah. and, and then I don't want her down bad because at then ultimately I don't wish bad upon nobody ultimately that's going to hurt my daughter you yeah. know but I think the reconciliation aspect is so important because we have to make it a priority to hold each other accountable, meaning the laws that's put in place, to hold to hold each other accountable and to get progress, you know, because at, at this point, it's a bunch of fathers suffering from a lot of mental health issues that we don't address. Imagine, you know, if if, if, a, if a, somebody goes to a daycare or someplace or a school and kidnaps a child, and then the parent doesn't know where their child is or they can't see their child. They're on the news. They're crying, um, which is, understandable you miss your child don't know where they are but that type of stuff happens to fathers all the time not necessarily but just the fact that somebody just say i'm not gonna let you see him just because i'm mad at you yeah and i think and
0: and we just had that happen um i want to say two months ago there was an amber alert issued and it turns out it was a father that picked his kids up and you know he wanted to see him and he wasn't being allowed and he just said screw this you know i'm not going to let you dictate my relationship with my kids and he went and picked them up and the mom filed, you know, I, I, uh, she called the police and said that her kids were kidnapped and an amber, Amber alert went out and was just all kinds of stuff on, it, you know, and it shouldn't be that way.
1: It, it, that's, um, that's absolutely crazy because at the end of the day, that's why I always say, don't treat me like a father, treat me like a parent. Um, because as a parent, if, if, if if there was an opportunity, if if you're a parent and you can understand how it feels to be away from your child or to not be able to see your child, then you can empathize with that. And I think that's a that's a bigger scope of a problem that we have in this world, especially in this country. People lack empathy. And a lot of times people just don't care about things that don't directly affect them. And then it comes into it. So how can you imagine emotional um trauma that a a father goes through when somebody's telling you a a parent somebody telling you you can't see your child or you can't pick your child so i got this stranger telling me no i can't have my child you know i i I mean there's a term called rightful anger and there's Mm -hmm. so much that you can experience in that moment then also Mm -hmm. think one thing we gotta we gotta think about is there's fight there's flight there's freeze i've known fathers that were considered deadbeats because they were flighters or they froze. Everybody doesn't have the emotional capacity or the financial capacity to even fight like this for their children. You know what I'm saying? I'm at at about, what? I'm almost at like 20K, (laughs) my daughter ain't three yet. I know a guy that spent 65,000, you know? So what I'm saying is, why do we have to go through this much? And, and, And from an emotional standpoint, I'm a fighter, so I'm going to continue to try to figure out what I can do. And, you know, I can make money back, but I can't make time back. But there's well, that's some- exactly
0: it. You lose that time, you're not going to get it back.
1: Yeah, some people don't have the, the emotional capacity to handle that, so they kind of freeze up. And sometimes it's really easy to just go get another family. And I wouldn't suggest that. I wouldn't tell somebody to do that because you have to think about how much you love your child and the importance of fighting for them. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you gotta keep the faith and keep the hope, but man, it's um it's demoralizing, it's emotionally draining, um, and it's you know, it it's it's like th- our emotions, our well being, our ability to parent shouldn't be questioned so much and we shouldn't have to go through so much just to prove our relevance. You know. Exactly. Exactly. I think you know, I think what you just said, that's
0: the best that I've ever heard it put, you know, proving our relevance in our children's lives. You know, it, it blows me away really. When, when I started doing this, when I went down my own road of, you know, fighting for custody and everything, I had no clue. It was anything like this. I walked into the family court system, you know, thinking my rights and, you know, liberties were going to be upheld only to find out that I didn't matter. Yeah, You know, they didn't care about me as a person and they sure as hell didn't care about me as a father. Yeah, You know, I was just a figure on a docket somewhere filed away. And it really, it really truly opened up my eyes to what everything was going on. And then when I started this page and started connecting with other fathers who had it even worse than what I had it, it blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. I could not believe that in the United States of America, you know, we are supposed to be the number one country in the world, depending on what you look at. This was going on and it was encouraged. It fucking blows me away. I can't even imagine
1: yeah. And 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 it's like it's like trying to make a moral appeal to people that lack morality. And because yeah. they're so dis- disattached and disassociated with what you got going on, they don't care. They just see you as a a man and, and yep. whoever see you and they see their money. So that moral appeal that you met ma- that you make towards them, it doesn't even matter. And that's what's just so disheartening. Um you know, they just don't care. They, they throw that gavel down. Uh, they move about with where they want to go or they say what they say, they make these decrees and you're sit there to deal with all of that pain, you know? And that's the thing. I look into my daughter's eyes, you know, because ever since my daughter was born, I've become a lot more in tune with my emotions, my feelings, um, a lot more emotional and, uh, and helping me to open up to really, uh, raise her the best way that I can and just really truly love on her the best way that I can and one thing I hate about even the visitation it's like we're fighting for four days a month but that you can't even get in a swing of parenting You, you at two days you kind of get in the swing of, you got to take it back then you got to get reacclimated again and one thing I hate about it is that you spend so much time not being able to in, be in intense parenting that you have to keep getting reacclimated. so you're more it's like you're used to not being a parent and it's like I'm, I'm, I'm a babysitter, you know. So I think, you know, 50-50 should be automatic. You know, I honestly think 50-50 should be automatic because and – they, and they'll try to say that they want a stable environment for the kids, but let's be honest with you. I work at a school. I'm an educator. I do an after-school program at a daycare. You got kids that spend 10 to 12 hours per day in daycare. Or you got kids that go to school for uh, nine hours, including lunch. Get on the bus, then go to daycare, and don't get picked up to 7 p.m. So they leaving out the house at 6 a.m., getting home at 7 uh, p.m., you know. But you telling me that they can't spend half the week or a week on, week off with the father, you know. And, and it's like we shouldn't have to prove our relevance and that I'm capable, you know. Um, we shouldn't have to co- uh, prove that. And anytime I've said that, hey, you know, what I'm saying I would, I would love, um, I I want full custody because not so I can alienate or so I can do that anything like that i'm open to it i look at it like this if i got full custody and it's not your day if you want to see her so what hey you got it You're a yeah. parent. you deserve that everything shouldn't have to be so you know at the end of yeah. the day we're parents we're emotionally attached to this so we should be making this decision not a court system you know so i think a lot of those things are important uh for us to really you know, sometimes we got to take a step back and, and, and gather. That's why I think the reconciliation part is so important because people get so lost in the sauce. They get so lost in the situation. And they hurt and they anger and they bitterness and they make irrational decisions that ultimately hurt um, the child. And also, we got to get some more repercussions. I was watching um, Ayanna fixing my life. <laughs> you know, I'll be watching it a couple of times a week. you will be on that. And I'm telling you, man, if you start, if you ain't never seen it. You'll be on oh. that. Uh, it, it's good. I go on YouTube. I watch a Yana fix my life. There was a situation with a a husband and a wife that were divorced. They had three girls. The mom lied and said that he was raping the girls. The girls knew that he wasn't raping them. She yeah. said, she said they weren't. Um, even after she said that she let the girls go live with him, then go back. So then he missed out on 25 years of their life. They went on there. They did a lot of detective test. They did DNA, all this stuff. Come to find out she was lying. Hmm. So I mean so so what happens when you lie about being physically physically beaten or what happens when you lie about being raped what happens yeah. when you lie about your fear for safety and stuff like that these are real crimes and I think people should be held accountable when they do that and it's a lot of women who get upset and get in their feelings and start making up stuff like that and I'm not trying to demonize all women cuz there are some amazing co-parents and oh, some yeah, absolutely that do a great job but we have to start addressing these bad fruits and holding them accountable so we can start getting better results for these situations that we do have going on.
0: No, and I absolutely agree with you. You know, at this point I've worked with thousands of fathers, you know, spanning the entire world. You know, it's not just a a North American thing, a United States thing, Canada thing, it's worldwide. And talking to these fathers, one of the things that pops out the most is the false accusations, whether it's domestic violence, whether it's sexual assault, whatever the case may be, that that seems to be the number one go-to when it comes to, you know, negating a custody situation, just, you know, blow the whistle and say, Hey, I was raped. I was abused, whatever the case is. And nine times out of 10, the judge will automatically look at the mother and go, okay, you got the kids. And if the dad, you know, is living in that house, he's gone. You know, I mean, that can cause irreversible damage to a father that they'll never ever be able to recover from and it's you know it's systematic it's systemic and it's oftentimes it's encouraged that's Mm -hmm. the scary thing about it you know it's oftentimes encouraged and i'm just like wow what freaking world are we living in where this is the go-to and nobody sees a problem with it and when it does come out that it's lies that all the allegations are proven false nobody's held accountable for it you know i mean and honestly, there's been a case here or there that I've heard about where, you know, the woman has been held accountable and ends up doing jail time or something like that. But let's be real. Let's be honest. Doesn't happen hardly ever. You know, they go to just turn talking to you, but that's it. You yeah. know, they get, they walk away with that. And you've got this dad over here whose life is completely shattered.
1: Yeah. You know, what about him? Yeah. yeah. You know, what do we do? Bounce back. Um it's hard to bounce back from that. especially if one of those accusations stick and that can be false. And, um, just even the fact that somebody's accusing you of doing that to somebody that you love, it's just, it's so emotionally, uh, draining and hurtful. And, um, one in four women, are uh, experience some kind of sexual abuse, you know, um, you know, that's a lot of women. Yeah, that is, that is a whole lot of women. And to be accused of something so heinous, Um, is very hurtful to be put in a position where that could possibly uh, mess up your career, your livelihood. And I think that that's something that should be taken seriously, because if somebody does something like that, they deserve the repercussions that they get, and they need to get some mental help. you know. Mm -hmm. But if somebody's accused of something and you know that you didn't do that, you're wasting the taxpayers' money, you're wasting the cops' time investigating and doing all this stuff. And I just... We have to start taking these things seriously. And we, and we have to get to a point where, you know, these mothers and these fathers, you know, we, we, we sit down, we look each other in, ourselves in the eye, like, yo, we're, we're so much better than this. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, it's like, if you say you love your child, prove it. You know, prove it. And as men, we have to be there for each other because, man, I've cried many nights for missing my daughter. I, right now, all I can do is look at videos on my phone. People see me on Instagram because I used to post videos with her and stuff like that. And everybody left, man, I miss her. She's funny. I ain't seen a video in a while, man. I ain't seen it either. And now I got to be faced with it. And I'm thinking about it even more. Dang, I, ain't, I, ain't, I haven't seen her either. Um, I'm pleading with her mom. Hey, I love to see baby girl. I love to see her. You know, and it's just a game. And it's so encouraged by um, the laws. So what we have to do is, I mean, we have to be there for our brothers, Um for- yep. Like, you're my brother. We have to be there for each other because, Absolutely. you know, I've cried many nights. It's, it's very emotionally um, draining um, and you really don't have no outlet. Mm-hmm. As, as a man, that, there's no outlet groups. That's, that's I'm not going to say there's none. That's not enough. That's not, not enough. Exactly. For the, um, there's not enough support for men who are really uh, facing the emotional traumas of missing their child or the fact that I know a lot of men that's on a string by the, the mother of their child. Oh, piss yeah. me Oh, you ain't gonna see her. Piss oh, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna do this. And mm-hmm. we gotta get past that. We've gotta grow. But there has to be accountability because in human nature, you know, that's why they got laws. <laughs> that's why they got laws. That's why there's a time where you gotta be to work. Because if they ain't say you gotta be to work at 8 a.m., people will be showing up whenever they want. We have- Exactly. Accountability yeah. And some laws in place. And we have to really look ourselves in the mirror and ask ourselves some tough questions. But I, what I encourage men to, uh, of course, there's fight, there's flight, and there's freeze. I encourage every man to fight, because there's many, many children that think that their parent, their father, is a deadbeat. When, it, when in reality, the mother made it so hard financially. You know, everybody ain't in position to, to go drop five thousand for retain a retainer fee. Mm-hmm. I'm, I ain't even three. I'm on my fourth lawyer. <laughs> you know, I was on my fourth lawyer before she turned two. Oh, Without wow. four lawyers. Um, you know, you're sitting in there, I, I can only see my daughter four days a week, but y'all gonna take this dang near a thousand dollars a month though for child support. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, going, yeah. hey. <laughs> you know, so we have to be there, we have to support, we have to figure out what we can do. We need to partner with some law, um law offices, figure out what we can do as far as legislation and get some things changed and get our voices heard because I man, I, I ain't standing for this, this, just- you know,
0: it, it's, it's funny not to cut you off or anything, but it's funny that you bring up about the legislation aspect of this whole thing. Um, you know, I was a year into my custody fight and I got a hold of um, one of the representatives for one of my state senators and, you know, being one of his you know, constituents, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I should be able to have access to this guy to talk to him about this, to see about getting stuff changed. So I went through the process, you know, I called his office, I left messages, didn't get anywhere for months. You know, I got a call back one day, and said, Hey, you know, you know, Senator John Tester really would like to meet with you and discuss what, what your, you know, what your issue is and ways that they can make it better. So I thought, Oh yeah, you know, this is great. I'm going to get to talk to the Senator, tell him about what's going on and how things need to change. So I'm game planning, you know, figuring out what I'm going to talk to him about. I go to his office, you know, to have our meeting. He's not there. He got called away and he thought that my issue wasn't that important. So he stuck me with a college aid and I'm sitting down with this college age aid. And I start talking about parental alienation and father's rights. And I'm looking at this kid, you know, this kid's maybe 22, 23 years old, still wet behind the ears, doesn't have a clue. And he goes, well, Mr. Anderson, you know, I've never heard of parental alienation. Father's right. What's father's rights? Um, You know, let me get a hold of somebody in Washington and see if they know anything about what you're asking about. And I was just like, really? Wow. You know, I pay, you know, my taxes pay for your salary to be there in Washington, writing these laws up, you know, trying to change shit to the better for us. And you can't even give me, you know, the time of day to talk to me for 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's unreal. And, you know, watching as I've been going through all this different stuff and working with you guys and giving you guys a voice to talk about this stuff, watching all the different laws go through the various states, like Florida for once had a 50, 50, um, straight out of the gate law that they were putting up and made it through the house. And it was on the governor's desk. All he had to do was sign it into motion. He didn't do it because he didn't think it would be fair. And I'm like, how is it not fair to give both parents an equal opportunity to be in their children's life? And it seems like that's the way it goes more often than not across the country in these different states.
1: Yeah. And um, and, and that's that's really how we're going to make some things happen. But, you know, making that big push um, within leg- legislation and getting some heavy hitters as supporters and stuff like that, because, you know, we have to get out of this, they marginalize us so much. Like I'm a father, I wanna, I wanna wake up early. I wanna experience the crying in the middle of the night. I wanna experience getting ready for school. I wanna experience every aspect that comes along with a father, being a father, every single aspect. I embrace it and I'm excited about it. The good, the bad and the ugly. And I deserve to experience that. You know what I'm mean? um, saying? But we have to, like, we have to make an appeal to be heard. You know, that's what I mean. Fathers' lives matter is, is perfect. Like, we matter. You yeah, know? exactly. You know, when I was trying
0: to think of things to call what I was doing, you know, I looked at, you know, God, thousands of names, thousands, and finally fathers' lives matter because our lives do matter. Our lives matter to our children. Yes. You know, and that's exactly it because, like, you were talking about statistics earlier on, um, and they are shocking. When you actually start digging into the statistical side of uh, kids that come up in fatherless homes and yeah. how they turn out, dude, it's horrible. You know, drug abuse, crime, early pregnancy, yada, yada, and it goes on and on and on. And I'm just looking at these statistics, and I'm just like, wow.
1: Well, and kids, How has nobody done anything? Kids need to see their mom and their dad operating cohesively in a productive and a positive manner. You know, mm-hmm. see how much you don't like the person, you better fake it while y'all doing your interaction. He needs to see that. She needs to see that. They need to know how important that is, you know, because that's a lot of that negativity. And at the end of the day, when you could, and there are some amazing stepfathers out there and I applaud them. But, you know, I had a, a, a good stepfather, stepped in, did a great yeah. job. But I always wondered, like, dang, like, what about my dad? You know what I'm saying? So me and my dad, I forgave, forgiving my dad. We've had some conversations. He's matured a lot. He's grown, and I'm thankful for the relationship that we have now. But man, you know, it 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 can be very demoralizing to a child when you, you know you you only see that person a couple times a month, or they're in and out, or you don't see them for months, and then then they, and then they come back. Um, you know, we have to grow past this. And there has to be accountability, like I just keep saying, there has to be accountability. Um, mm-hmm. Even family members that got to step in and say, hey look, that's right. Like if I, if, if, if my sister was divorced from her husband and she's doing it, I would say something to her in a second. There's, yeah. there's no way, there was absolutely no way. Uh-uh, we're not rocking like this. This is inappropriate, that's a child. It's so much bigger than how you feel in that moment. You know, and we have to, we definitely have to create a space for men um, to be able to express that because I know a lot of men who are experiencing it and they just act out in different ways because they don't have a space and it's yeah. not acceptable. Yeah. People, oh you watch who you had kids with. Absolutely. It is important to know who you lay down with. Um, but sometimes people change. You know? People change. And I don't think it's right to tell somebody in the middle of a situation where they are um so emotionally drained and, and going through it in the highest form emotionally and missing their child to say you should you should watch what you have a child with i don't think that's the time to say that
0: yeah you no know, it's not
1: <laughs> you know you, you about to get swung on a cussed out like don't, <laughs> it's not the time to say that you know what i'm saying and at the end of the day we both have a, a, a responsibility to that child so it is it is so important um i I just keep going back to the reconciliation and i and i think people need to understand the statistics and see like i'm an educator um i do a lot i work as a behavior specialist i do a lot of mentoring a lot of different things with kids i see broken kids every day i see kids who are emotionally unattached especially the men and i see Mm -hmm. the girls doing it with the relationship they're searching for for their father that they can't go there They're, they're searching within bad relationships with guys. I had a seventh grader tell me, well, she, uh, her, her and her friend, I don't, I have no idea why they came up to me in the gym. We just in the gym, because it was raining so the kids didn't go outside for the open play time. She said, um, you should talk to Mr. Carroll. So she's talking to me, she's saying that, um, well, I'm kind of pushy with my boyfriend. I said, and I, I kind of boss him around, but it's because I know what's best for him. And I said, well, why do you feel like you're so pushy? Why do you feel like you know what's best? She said, well, honestly, when I go home, my brother don't talk to me, my dad's in and out, and my mom, she's too busy. So I need somebody. And this is the honest to God truth. This is what a seventh grade girl said to me. She said, I need something. So even though he disrespects me, even though he disrespects me, I'll put up with it. Even though I don't like him all the time, I'll put up with it because I need somebody to talk to. I need somebody to be around. And see, when you're not... When you're not parenting appropriately and when you're so stuck on going back and forth with the other person or you're, dis- or you're not attached and you're not understanding what's going on, you can't even see the little signs that your son or your daughter is showing for the path mm-hmm. of destruction. Yeah. Those girls that we find in the bathroom doing those sexual acts with those boys or those boys that's in there doing them sexual acts with the girls and stuff like that, man, father- fatherlessness a lot of times is at the core of it. And, and yeah. it's not because the fathers aren't willing. Not all the time. There are some fathers that just don't even care, but yeah. it's because they're shut out. And and, and what does the society do? A, the society we live in supports fathers being shut out. They support, it encourages it. They encourage it. It's like the uh, you know um, you know they encourage it. They don't they don't they don't encourage you to want to be there. Like they like you weak. You want to hold your baby. I don't care what nobody says. I want to hold my baby. I'm a shit. Is I'm a. i am I love putting in the say I love seeing when she wake up. We go sing the brush our teeth song. We do everything. We do push-ups together. <laughs> we watch, I watch cartoons. I knew all the baby sharks. So I know everything. <laughs> I can do the ABC in Spanish because of my daughter. You know what I'm saying? It's like every aspect of it. I just love being a dad. And they rob us of that by going through all of these little um, – it's like these blows, and it just keep eating away at you. And I know dads. I got a friend. His daughter's 21, I believe. And he said, man, I went through it when I was 20. And I didn't know what to do, but he said, man, I just got so frustrated and hurt so much and I was so tapped out with the money, I just gave up. And I read it every day, and he said, "Now I don't know what to do, and my daughter's 21 years old, and thank God she's forgiven me. But the way her mom would paint the picture, you know, and I just don't think that it's right that we have been being placed in these situations.
0: Well, you know, and it's, it's the sad reality of life. There's so many fathers that I've talked to that feel that exact, you know, way that you're talking about they're beat down physically beat down emotionally beat down financially to the point where you know they're below the poverty line realistically after you factor in child support and then you know they've got rent car payments utilities all that stuff they can barely keep their heads above water and i've talked to fathers that have sat down and said hey you know one night i had to sit down i had to look at the you know, reality of the situation and i had to make a hard decision And that hard decision was I had to let my child go because I couldn't handle it anymore. I couldn't afford it anymore. You know, and some fathers have told me it's gotten to the point where it's life or death. Mm. You know, if they keep going down this road, you know, they're going to end up taking their own life. And so they, you know, let their child go, signed away their rights. And, you know, they're hoping that when that child turns 18, that they'll come and find them. But, you know, what kind of life is that for the father and for the child? I couldn't even imagine being
1: in that position in a, in a, in the turmoil um that you go through um you know the one thing i was I, one thing that is priceless is peace of mind is priceless mm-hmm. you know, so I have to pray um for peace of mind every single day just to keep my spirit in line, like even just to you know to imagine as a father as the priest the providing the protector of your home of your child of your children and you're in a and you're in a position where see I live in Houston, they got hurricanes, um, they got people rioting right now. I mean, they got all this stuff doing. I don't even have the luck when coronavirus started, I don't even have the luxury to call the mother of my child to FaceTime just be like, Hey, y'all good. Is baby girl okay? Y'all need anything? Because the messages are clearly there for me doing that, but I can't I might not get a response for two or three days. Yeah. And and, and that right there, um, you know, it's like, what is the thing that's most precious to a man? His child, his son, especially his daughter. And yeah. his, you know what I'm saying? So we have to really start addressing it. Like people have to start really taking notice of what's going on and how important it is. And I need I need more fathers. Like we need more guys stepping man. It don't make you no punk. It's okay. Shed them tears. I done shed plenty of tears. Oh yeah. Speak up. Let's talk about it. Let's make some moves that strengthen numbers. We have an opportunity to take advantage of this so we can help and grow. Because to be honest with you, I don't want this to happen to no other man. Yeah. I don't want nobody to have to feel this way. You know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't wish this upon nobody, you know? So I I encourage men to speak up, speak out. Let's all connect. Let's see how we can work together and and, and make some things happen. Because there's strength in numbers and we see, When things start floating around social media, when the pressure starts getting on people uh, and attacking their morality, things start changing. So we just need more men. You know, a lot of men, uh, they tap out when they think about financial hit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Father in their life. So they're emotionally unattached. So they start to connect. The first time I held my baby, I was in love. Yeah. I never knew a love like that. I held my baby in my arms, and I just looked in the eyes. And I was like, man, we got the same exact eyes. And it just had me yeah, right there. And I knew right there I was willing to do whatever it is I, ha- I need to do in my life, in my career, from discipline or whatever the case may be, to be all I need to be for her. Then this, then, then the drama started, start getting disrupted. The stuff that had nothing to do with the baby. You know? And I need more men to not be disconnected and to start being connected because there's mm-hmm. numbers. And we have plenty of men in this world that are going through the same thing that are, you know, scared to speak up, nervous, ashamed, you know. And I, I just think that there's strength in numbers. And in every we can. You know, absolutely. I mean, we have to break
0: the mold of of silence with this kind of stuff. You know, I've been doing this for almost six years now. And one of the things that I've noticed is that, Fathers are great about, you know, coming on social media, talking like you and I are doing right now or, you know, posting in comments. But when push comes to shove to actually take it to that next level, most fathers won't do it Yeah. for whatever the reason
1: is. When push comes to shove, hands off and they back away. So what is that? And then, when you say push comes to shove, like making that next step, what does that, you know, what does that look like to you?
0: Is so. You know, okay, so here's an example. For the last four years on Father's Day, I've been trying to get something going here in in the area where I live in. And mind you, like I said at, at the beginning, it's a very small area. There's not a lot of people here. But I know enough fathers within my own social circle or acquaintances of my immediate social circle that have been through this kind of thing. You know, they'll be real great about, you know, talking about getting something together, a march, you know, a protest, whatever the case may be, but when it comes right down to it, you know, push comes to shove and it's time to start doing this stuff, they back away and they go back into silent mode. And then you don't hear from them again for another four or five months until the shits really hit the fan in their personal situation. And then they're talking to you again. And I think, you know, we need to break that mold of silence and, you know, start standing up for ourselves. I think that's a big thing right
1: there. Absolutely, we got to break that mode of silence and start standing up for ourselves. And we got to be protected from the narcissistic behaviors because it's like we are on that yo-yo. Um, yeah. You know, soon as soon as she gets pissed off, up <laughs> oh, back to not. Oh, I don't care if there's an order in place. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to hire a lawyer. You're gonna have to, mm-hmm. and you have to wait months if you do it. And all you're gonna do is give me a slap on the wrist. So you know, it's like you're trying to weigh your options. Do I piss her off and have to wait months to see my child and yep. You know, nothing happened to her or do I try to comply? It's like a it's like a catch twenty-two. But me, uh, I gotta go what gives me a peace in my spirit. And not doing what's in the best interest of my child and in the big picture doesn't give me peace in my spirit. So I'd rather ruffle some feathers and get the desired result for the end for the big picture. Exactly. And it's been hard because, you know, like my lawyer keeps saying. Gotta be patient, you know. Because the sad thing about it is, a fool. What a fool gonna do is they gonna they gonna they gonna they gonna hurt their own self. Mm-hmm. They gonna mess their own self. Now we just have to have laws and support, so when it does happen, we can get it. Because there's there's women that break the um the agreements and and um alienate, and there's certain things that can happen. But you got a bad lawyer, or you don't know to go on on it. Like I had a lawyer uh, charge me for an enforcement that she never filed. You know, but I didn't no no, I'm like, what does this mean? You know what I'm saying? I go look it up on it, and I'm like, oh shoot. You know what I'm saying? But then that's a whole nother like that. Why are you trying to fight your actual case?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know so it's a you know, um, we need we definitely need more support groups. We need more support within the support groups, like you were saying, and we need people to band together, even if it's five people at the event. That's yeah. better than nothing. You got we gotta well, start I mean, it's a start. You know, at least it's a start, at least you've got five guys
0: that are willing to step up and say, you know what, I'm hurting, you know, I need support. I need help. You know, it's a great start.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, we, uh, that's what we're going to have to do, man. We're going to have to continue the conversation. We got to talk about next steps and see exactly, um, what we can do because at the end of the day, um, the most important relationship for a child is their father and their mother. And to be honest, responsibility from god was given to the father to take care of the child and that's not trying to i'm not trying to throw the woman out the way because it's a partnership still in raising that child but you know it's sad like we live in a society where people don't want that old school method of, of you know of a woman going into the kitchen and just cooking like shut up and cook and i th- and i totally disagree with that i don't think that that's what a, what a woman's role in a relationship the role should be whatever works best for that relationship Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm a better cook than her or if she know more about cars than me, I ain't about to sit up there and say, hey, I'm the man I'm supposed to know about cars. No, if you know cars, look, <laughs> teach me. Like, hey, let's get the course. <laughs> right. yep. know? Like, we're trying to get it done. But if we, if we don't like chauvinistic values when it comes to women, we shouldn't like chauvinistic values when it comes to men. I'm mm-hmm. not about to go to work and come home and be the disciplinary. No, I'm very affectionate. I'm very attentive to my child. I tell her I love her all the time. I tell her to give daddy a kiss on the cheek. I pick her up. I love on her. I can't sing, but I sing to her. I can't cook, but she still say, daddy is the best cook in the world. <laughs> you know, she loves wow. my little burnt pancakes and my eggs with a whole bunch of syrup. You know, and I and I love those aspects of it. So we have to, you know, um stop allowing us, we don't allow, we we gotta stop being marginalized and get in a position where they understand that, hey man, daddy gonna rock you to sleep. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna read the book with you before you go to bed. You know, I want men to be more proactive about every aspect of that. And we need more men screaming, like father's lives matter. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That we are real parents. Matter of fact, don't even even call me a father, just call me a parent, you know? Treat me like a parent. I absolutely agree with you, man. We do, we need to, you
0: know, It would be great it would be a perfect world if we could get it so we're not marginalized like you're talking about so we could be seen as equal you know like you said we're parents
1: yeah you know enough said right there yeah man i just you know i miss my daughter um and i can't wait um i can't wait to see her again Uh, i know she can't wait to see me um you know yeah And, and i mean just people like if you know somebody if you know a mother Hold her accountable. If you know a father, hold him accountable. I I talk to guys and say, oh, man, my baby mama tripped. She let me. I said, I don't care if she tripping. You keep calling. You call every day. You text every day. You get a lawyer. Hey, if you don't know about that, I know a nonprofit that can do a free lawyer for you. They may be crappy, but it's better than nothing. You do not sit down and lay down and allow your life to be stripped. Your parenting, your rights to be stripped from you because you didn't know what to do. Speak up because you never know who's listening, who's willing to help and fight never give up you know never surrender you know i i like one thing about me you know shoot i don't get tired you know i'm you know what i'm saying i'm 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 in this i'm in this for the long haul and um i'm gonna keep going ain't nothing gonna stop me baby girl that's that's baby supercar i'm big supercar she baby supercar <laughs> and we're gonna make amazing things happen in this world i already know it and you know what i'm saying I'm, I'm thankful for brothers like you man um you know, I'm excited about what the future has to hold. And I really just want other fathers to step up and just, man, don't worry about it. You can make that money back. But if you put a position, you know, you can, cause a lot of people, it'd be some situations, man, people don't, it, humility is a big aspect of it too.
0: Um, oh,
1: absolutely. A lot of situations, a lot of guys don't even got it as bad. Like my situation, I'm like, man, woo. there's some guys just be like, man, shoot. At least she'll let you see the child. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of times we just gotta as 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 a as a man, you know, the Bible said the man is a stronger vessel. So um, not just physically, but you know, from a discipline standpoint, I think you need to so hey, look, you ain't gotta win every argument, okay? Sometimes the best thing you can say is okay. And, and, no. Oh, and just and le- let me just communicate effectively with you. You know, when I was young, when she would say things to me, I would want to defend myself or, or argue back. But now it's like, okay, well, how would you suggest that I improve on that? I know what she's saying, bull crap. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? <laughs> I know it, but, at, yeah. at, but you might teach me something I don't see in myself. How could I improve on that? You, oh, yeah. you, ain't got, you, ain't got, you really ain't got no way because, you know, you just talking out the side of your head. But we just have to try to take a different approach sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It just. No, I absolutely agree with you. You know, one of the things
0: I tell fathers when I'm working with them, you know, when you get real wild, riled up, you know, a lot of guys, their first instinct is to lash out, be it phone calls, text messages, emails, you know, whatever the case is. And I always tell them, you know, don't do that. You know, if you are so insistent on sending a text, an email, or whatever, you know, write it up, let it sit there for a bit, you know, a day, whatever the case may be. Till you're cooled down and you have your emotions in check, go back and read it. And if you wouldn't send that to your mother, don't send it to them. Yeah. You know, because you're just going to get yourself in more trouble if you start, you know, going off the rails and sending them this crap.
1: Don't make emotional decisions because you'll look back and you'll regret what they'll do is because you're a man and you're bigger and you're stronger. They can paint you to be aggressive. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a term called rightful anger. And I think that I had to tell some people one time, I said, so out all I've been through, um, you know, (laughs) I think it would be warranted if I said a couple foul words. But I haven't. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, allow me the space, the space to feel how I feel. Like the Bible says, be angry, but sin not. That means you can be angry without actually doing something egregious. Anger is a natural emotion. And emotions to be the, the passenger and not the driver of your car, because if there's a driver of your car, you're making bad decisions. But if, if, if it's the passenger, it's an indicator to let you know, hey, I need to cool off. Hey, can we have a talk? You know, I really don't like it when you talk to me this way. Or you make me feel this way. Is there any way that we can communicate in a better way? You know what I'm saying? We're trying yeah. to figure out how we can work through things. And, and, and one thing I always say, one of my old principals said, told me, you can only focus on what's in your locus of control. I cannot control her, but what I can do, I can control myself. So I know I might need to be prayed up before I even call her. You know what I'm saying? Because them trigger points, you know what I'm saying? It'd be quick oh,
0: absolutely.
1: to that moment. So I want to be in the right emotional space before I even make that phone call, you know, before I even send that message. So yeah. that's really important. We got to start learning how to be still and control our own spaces. And I'm not, I'm not saying it because y'all are the bad guys, fathers. I know we ain't the bad guys. I'm saying that because you'd be placed in a compromising situation, and when you're sitting in court, they will make it seem like you a monster. And you know somebody's holding my child from me. You know what I'm saying? Exactly it.
0: Exactly it. You'll be painted in the worst possible light, you know, just because you're showing
1: normal human Emotions or more human emotions, and it'll be so misconstrued because you're a man and you were talking to uh, a woman and she can paint a picture of she wants. So you got to you got to be two steps ahead of it and you have to really be in control of your emotions, um, you know, and, and, and make the best of take advantage of the time that you get and and, and continue to be wise and strategic about how you how you do things in how you operate and how you communicate. Cause ultimately I think reconciliation is the most important thing because you know, I don't want to see anything bad happen to the mother of my child. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't. I still pray for her and her family every day, even though they be tripping heavy, you know what I'm saying? I still pray for them every day. I want the best for them cause I, I want them. I hate that they're, con- I feel like their consciences are seared and that they're focused on evil, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But I want them to get to a point to see the big picture Cause I always say, man, if you said you love baby girl, then why would you want one of the most important relationships in her life to be absent? You know? So really, you know, this is a, it's a spiritual battle. This is this is this is something way deeper than what we're actually seeing in the manifestation here. And we have to attack it in that manner. So we have to be um still in our spirits and in a posture to understand what we're dealing with. You know, if I'm dealing with like you said, you're in Montana, you know how to deal with when you see a wolf, when you see a bear, <laughs> a Whatever you know how to deal with that, but you would deal with it different if you saw a, a 10-year-old kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, so you know how to appropriate yourself, and we have to do that. We have to know what we're dealing with and be wise about how we handle those situations. No, well,
0: absolutely. Well, Brian, we're getting ready to wrap it up, man. I really want to thank you for coming on the show. You had a lot of great insight, man. A lot of great insight.
1: You know, and I pray you get to see your baby girl as soon as possible, man. Yeah, man. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for the opportunity, man. Um uh, we're gonna definitely stay in contact though. Yeah, let me know how it goes. Let
0: me know if there's anything I can do for you. You know, you know, when you get to, when you get to see your girl, come back on and tell us about it.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. She loves it. Bring her
0: back on. Bring her back on so we can all meet her and say hi. Yeah,
1: oh yeah. Tell she, her what a great man her daddy is. She is a character, yeah, she'll love it. So I'll
0: definitely do <laughs> that. All right, brother. I'm gonna let you go. Um, have a good night and we will talk again soon, all right. All right, man. Be blessed. All right, Brian. Thank you much, bud. All right, bye. All right, guys. So a great episode. A lot of of words of wisdom right there. So um, I'm going to be taking a little break here, and then I will be back on at 9 p.m. Mountain Time. I believe that's 11 o'clock Eastern Time with Chloe Roma. I know a lot of you guys know her, Justice. I saw how excited you were when I put up that she was going to be on the show. So come back in an hour and uh, listen to that interview. All right, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us and listening to The Father's Truth. If you would like to be a guest or know someone with a story that needs
1: to be heard, email Alan Donovan now at The Father's Truth at SoHomail.com.